0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, and welcome to Cinematic Universe, a podcast that's all about comic book movies, brought to you by FilmDivider.com. I'm Joe Cunningham, and joining me to help make sense of the comics behind the movies are... Sir Patrick. And James Hunt. And because Fantastic Four is out this week, but annoyingly not until tomorrow, that has left us with a gap in our schedule, and so we've decided to completely switch mediums to plug it. So on this bonus episode, we're not talking comic book movies or even just comic books. The subject this week is a comic book video game, and that is Batman Arkham Asylum. But before any of that, I'm going to ask Seb and James to explain a comic book concept that as a movie fan, I just don't understand. So Seb, James, this kind of comes off of playing Batman Arkham Asylum. And as someone who really, the the main Batman I've read was The Killing Joke as one of your recommendations on this show. So I'm aware that Barbara Gordon used to be Batgirl, but in this game, she's Oracle. So can you explain oracle and her genesis
2: yeah so yeah so like you say i mean barbara gordon was originally batgirl she's also actually as batgirl is a pretty interesting example of another medium influencing the comics because basically it was the producers of the 60s batman tv show who said we want to introduce a character called batgirl Mm. and so dc went off and created her for the comics so that she could then appear and and be the same in in the tv show as in the comics because there there was batwoman in the 50s was it there was a Batwoman in in the fifties, but she had also had a sidekick called Batgirl. So it was Kate Kane was Batwoman. Uh, I can't remember what <laughs> what what the young what the Kate what the Kane daughters. Uh, the, uh, the the only times I've ever read stories with them in are stories that always seem to involve the two of them showing up and and Batwoman um, swooning over Batman and Batgirl swooning over Robin, who's completely disinterested. Um, anyway, yeah. So so Barbara Goodman was introduced as Batgirl in the nineteen sixties and was Batgirl. For for 20 odd years in the comics they had already i think decided to retire her as batgirl in the late 80s mm. when uh, the killing she, Joke happens. When she made a very controversial appearance in The Killing Joke, which you've read, haven't you? Did we recommend Killing Joke? Yes, previously? you recommended it after yeah. our uh, Batman episode. So, so that was actually done, uh, as I say, after she had stopped being Batgirl, but it was still obviously a very controversial move. So the fallout from The Killing Joke is that she is in a wheelchair. Yes.
1: And, and
0: so, no, and no longer Batgirl. Yes. So, how long did it take before she was
2: reintroduced? Not very long, because uh, Killing Joke came out in '88 and um, her first appearance as Oracle was in a little-known comic called Suicide Squad in 1989. Uh, So it was actually John Ostrander, um, who really is, the more you think about it, John Ostrander is genuinely one of the most influential comics writers in the late 80s for what he did with Suicide Squad. Not like generally in terms of influencing the tone of comics and also... Doing a lot of significant things with various characters, um, so yeah, in Suicide Squad she first appeared as Oracle, um, and she was basically the secretive, enigmatic, remote. G- she, she, she's basically you know Wikipedia slash tech support for superheroes in the DC universe, um, but with you know with a particular focus on on supporting the Batman characters. Um, I believe it was the case for quite a while that that even Batman didn't know who she was. But I'm pretty sure that, you know, all of the major Bat characters do know that it's Mm. her now. Um, And then she also got to be a lead character in the series Birds of Prey, which began in the mid-90s, Yeah, which was originally created by Chuck Dixon, who was a writer who had written some very good Robin comics in the 90s and went on to write... Um, Batgirl Year One, which is a kind of you know flashback origin story for her, which is one of my favourite DC comics ever. It's really really brilliant, and if you have any interest in Batgirl, go and read Batgirl Year One because it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, so so Barbara was Oracle basically right up until the New Fifty Two relaunch and Flashpoint, um, and you know she's she's always been a, a a popular and pretty widely beloved character because she's basically awesome. You know she she's an intelligent character, um, you know who has a lot of good and interesting relationships with a lot of different characters like she has an on-off history with Dick Grayson um you know the, the fact that um you know she's kind of in with the Bat family while being Commissioner Gordon's daughter and Commissioner Gordon doesn't know that she's Batgirl although it's often pretty heavily hinted that he knows she's Batgirl just as much as he, he knows that Bruce he Wayne did is Batman. Know,
1: he did know in the cartoon series didn't he
2: oh like, did he yeah. yeah
1: they they made it kind of
2: so it was like, he knew that she knew who Batman was, but she wouldn't tell him who Batman was kind of thing.
1: Well, it was more in the cartoon series, like, he... I remember there was an episode where he gave a speech to her in as Batgirl, essentially saying, like... I don't need to know anything more about you because if I knew I'd have to stop you doing what you did yeah and so
0: can you can you just tell like say a bit more about what Oracle actually is is it just that suddenly she decides okay now I'm going to be kind of like your point guy on the tech
2: and intel and be contactable at all times Basically, yeah, because, you know, she'd sort of, you know, she was sort of skilled as a computer hacker and an intelligence gatherer anyway. So, yeah, it was just a case of setting herself up off her own back. I think the idea was that she started to contact people in secret. You know, kind of saying, I know who you are, here's the information you need for this. Right. And gradually became someone who people would contact without actually knowing who she really was, you know, behind the screen. Like, Oracle appears on people's screens as like this green face, and no mm. one knows who Oracle really is, kind of thing. But the interesting thing about her being Oracle in the Arkham games is that she's no longer Oracle in the comics because, as I say, as of the new 52 relaunch, without ever, f- I think, fully explaining why, it wasn't a retcon, so it was set up that she had been Oracle and she had been paralysed, um, but she made enough of a recovery to go back to being Batgirl, so that that series has been running since the New 52 relaunch, but I don't know if it was earlier this year or tail end of last year that it got, it, I think it was just this year, um, it got a revamp that sort of changed her costume design and moved her to a new town and had her going back to college, and it's been a very hip and trendy Uh, It's basically a series that has taken a lot of what Marvel has been doing and some of the stuff you talked about on the last Minisode with Marvel's stuff like Hawkeye and Superior Foes and She-Hulk and stuff like that. It took that approach and applied it to a DC comic and it's been Mm. pretty successful so far. Amazing.
0: Well, almost as if we planned this podcast in advance, we're going to move on to the news section now, a mini news section, just one piece of news, and that is the... I don't think it's confirmed yet, but it has been heavily, heavily rumoured that Jenna Malone's character in Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice is Barbara Gordon. Uh, not Robin, as some people have been speculating, especially since we saw a charred Robin costume in the <laughs> in the trailer. So that kind of it probably counts out the, the possibility of there being at least an active Robin. Maybe a future Robin around, but an active Robin in Batman v Superman. And so it looks like Jenna Malone is, in fact, going to be Barbara Gordon. So I wonder what you guys thought of that news. And going back to our Oracle Batgirl conversation, which... Which version of Barbara Gordon you think we're going to be seeing?
2: Well, I mean, you know, as you, as you can probably gather from just then, I, I really like the character. I also really like Jenna Malone. Fun fact, Jenna Malone for quite a while was was my pick for who should play Jessica Jones um, in know, oh, yeah. before um, that was announced. So I think she's great and could be a great Barbara Gordon. It is something that I think, I think I said this on Twitter, that it's, you know, if anything was going to give me a remote shred of interest in this film. That's that's a pretty good move, but then I also could have said the same thing about Amy Adams being Lois Lane and and that didn't work out brilliantly. So uh, my my concern is just that she'll only be in the film for about 5 minutes and that it'll be kind of pointless. So
0: Yeah, yeah. but then going forward to a solo Batman movie, that's another yeah. that's another piece on the board in a board that seems like it doesn't have a commissioner Gordon at the moment. Yeah. At least not Would one it cast been... for this movie that we know of. And yeah, with this being a future, a, a kind of a grizzled older, Bat- older Batman in the trailer, we saw that there was this idea that he'd lost lots of people along the way. Mm. Definitely a Robin, maybe Commissioner Gordon as well. What do you reckon?
2: Yeah, it would it would make more sense for her to be um, either. Barbara as Oracle or Barbara as a retired post Batgirl Barbara whether Oracle or not I think Mm. yeah and it's interesting that they're doing this
0: animated Killing Joke series at the moment straight to DVD movie that's going to come out next year maybe maybe that's a reason why they're pushing the Killing Joke
1: yeah I mean there's every chance that will turn out to be some kind of official animated prequel or something I mean they've done stuff like that before so
0: yeah I do I do wonder whether maybe this Batman is going to be a lot more a lot more fed into the history of the comics given that we think this is going to be very 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 heavily influenced by the dark knight returns maybe this is almost kind of like the greatest hits of batman on the page are all in the past for this character
1: whether you like what Zack snyder does or don't like he he gives a lot of time to the source material i I have to say as well actually that sort of given that we've now had
2: two completely distinct film versions of batman and we're on to our third and you know both i mean okay the burton films didn't Go back and do the origin from the start, they did do it kind of in flashbacks, but they the burton film Burton slash Schumacher films still kind of built up the career of Batman gradually and you know kind of had his first encounters with various people and obviously the Nolan films were the complete career of Batman um with that in mind, so soon after Dark knight rises, you don 't necessarily want to see just a new version of Batman you know, starting out again on the screen. And that's obviously not what we're getting. Mm. So then you have the question of, well, okay, if we are going to establish a Batman who's been around for a while, where do we find the time to establish what beats of of his history have happened and which ones haven't obviously the one that hasn't is meeting superman um, and actually if you're going to turn around and go well you know what if you know the comics just assume that basically all the major storylines from yeah. batman history have happened to this version of the character mm. that's a pretty good shortcut rather than just you know you know, selecting certain things to have happened and try and fit them in with exposition. If you just go with this blanket assumption of, you know, separate Batman from the rest of the DC Universe. The rest of the DC Universe doesn't exist as far as he's concerned. I but think take probably his... apart from Wonder Woman. Yeah. That's but, yes, you know, yeah. sort of take, take his history as if his history had not happened in the DC Universe. And as much of that as possible has happened to him in the last 20 years of mm. being Batman. Uh, that's that's not a bad way to go. I can that, you know that 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 makes sense.
0: I'm starting to get a lot more faith in the construction of this DC universe. I do like this idea that maybe Batman has been around the whole time and Wonder Woman has been around the whole time, but they've kind of been maybe operating on a more under the radar scale or maybe geographically specific scale, and then this global superhero has emerged in Superman. And he is going to draw all of these others out so that you've got a lot of history there with Batman, who presumably has captured all of these villains and put them in Arkham or wherever. And now they are being rolled out into the Suicide Squad, which is probably why, as we mentioned on the Comic-Con special, that most of them are Batman villains. But you've also got this whole universe to explore with everyone else because all of that is starting now. I think that could be interesting. they've kind of they've given themselves a nice place, a nice middle ground to feed off of. Okay well I think that brings us to the end of our news section. Um, so let's move on now to our main but briefer discussion because this is a bonus episode after all, but our main discussion of Batman Arkham Asylum so let's listen to a quick clip from a cutscene from the game.
1: I'm here now, my poor darling. Yes, I know he's found us, but I won't
0: let him hurt you.
1: I'll kill him first.
2: Ivy, I know Dr. Young mutated these plants to produce venom.
1: Yes, and I heard it through the grapevine the evil woman paid the price.
0: (laughs) I need you to help me create an antidote.
1: Why should I? Let Joker have his fun. I'll enjoy watching you squirm.
0: You've been in the dark too long.
2: Every plant on this island will get the same unless you cooperate.
1: There's a plant growing deep in Arkham Island. Only it can counter the effects of this Titan strain.
0: Where do I find it?
1: Oh, and Killer Croc's lair. You didn't think it would be easy, did you?
2: Go back to your cell, or I'll be after you next.
0: And I'll be waiting. Okay, so that was um, a little bit of Batman Arkham Asylum, which um, I'll give you some context here. Uh, I'm not a gamer at all, but um, I am planning on getting a PlayStation 4 very soon, and the game that that is going to be coming with is um, Arkham Knight. So I thought on my Mac I would download Arkham Asylum from the Steam store and get playing it. I've played that this week. James, ha- you've played it in the past, that's right, isn't, yeah, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I played it when it came out, which was when... 2000- 2009? 7 was it was it 9
0: 2009 2009. yeah and Seb you have only briefly played the game but you know stuff about it I
2: mean I I I am I am a gaming fan but I wasn't a huge fan of um I sort of yeah I, I I think I may have played the the Either the demo or just played it maybe at James's. Through to a certain point, I think I played like up to the first boss. Right, I do. I do own it because I ended up picking it up cheaply <clears throat> on on the 360, but didn't get much further with it. I then played about the first 20 minutes of Arkham City again at James's house. Um, <laughs> I just, to be honest, well, I mean, we'll we'll get to this, yeah, but we'll like as a. As a Batman fan, there's things I don't like about it. I, but actually, it was more, as a gamer, I didn't really enjoy the gaming mechanics right. of it. And that, that was more the reason why I didn't get into it. If if I'd enjoyed the gameplay more, I would have stuck with it because it was a Batman game, even <laughs> though it's a Batman game with elements that I'm less keen on. But having uh, said that, even though you haven't played it, you are our
0: DC expert and you are <laughs> a, you are our Batman expert. So yeah. you can you can hopefully feed
2: into a lot of the questions that I want to ask based on playing the game. I hope so, yeah. Yeah, And I've tried to stay aware of what's been going on with the games, even if I haven't played them myself. Because they are hugely influential. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, they are, notwithstanding the fact that, you know, we did have a massively successful trilogy of films, they are basically the iteration of Batman at the moment. in In terms of the mass consciousness, you know, they are the version of Batman that most people are most likely to encounter in, you know, the last kind of four years or so Hmm. so yeah you know they they can't be ignored in terms of being this massively successful and and yeah influential version of batman because so much of of what arkham knight and arkham city did in terms of style and aesthetic has been a direct influence on um the the dc new 52 the very first issue of detective comics in uh, new 52 has a scene with a load of the, the inmates of arkham asylum and it's like they've all been redesigned specifically to fit with their versions from the <laughs> game. It's like, it's like a statement of intent of, okay, this is what we're doing with the Batman yeah. villains now.
0: I think probably it would make sense for anyone who hasn't played the game, or maybe paid, played it five or six years ago, is trying to remember it, um, if we give a brief overview of what happens in the game. So basically it starts off with Batman transferring the Joker to Arkham Asylum, and... The Joker is giving him, has given himself up fairly easily and Batman is suspicious so he actually goes into Arkham Asylum to follow him uh, to make sure he gets put in his cell and Commissioner Gordon is there as well but the Joker has basically paid off some people on the inside and quickly escapes and starts running riot over Arkham Asylum. Batman is trapped there to begin with and has to stop the Joker from executing some kind of plan while he's in there which kind of unfolds as you're playing the game, Uh, but the Joker has also let all of the inmates free which includes um, Harley Quinn, who he's got in there with him uh, Victor Zaz, Bane Killer Croc, Scarecrow Poison Ivy and briefly, um, the little puppet Scarface. James, is there any, is there anything you think that needs adding to that, or any more elaboration of what happens as you go through the game?
1: Uh, I would talk briefly about the mechanics, just to say, sort of, it's a Batman game where you're not just punching people.
0: Yeah, because I know I know nothing about games or gameplay, so I I enjoyed playing the game. But yeah, tell me, is it is it for you? Is it a good game? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it, for a lot of people, I mean, step aside, I was quite surprised when Sebs didn't like it, because this, it was critically acclaimed at the time. Like, I can't remember the exact scores, I wouldn't be surprised if it was sort of 80s, 90s. You know, everyone loved it, and that's why it's gone, you know, had three
2: sequels. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's 91 and 92 on Metacritic. Yeah, that
1: doesn't surprise <laughs> me. The thing that I think sets it apart is that it's a Batman game where you're not just running around beating people up. Uh, although that is a major mm. part of it, but there are sort of puzzle-solving <laughs> elements and detective elements and exploring stealth. Like yes. it has the whole the whole sort of Batman toolkit. You know, you've even got your gadgets and to some extent the Batmobile in this game.
2: I w- I, w- I wouldn't. think... thing is that that's maybe one of my issues with it is that it's sort of. I mean, it purports to have detective elements, but. <laughs> It doesn't really, does it? What it really does is you switch on detective vision and you look around until, uh, you know, a, a coloured object uh, is there, seen. There it's are a like, lot of yeah. secrets
1: you can only find in detective mode that don't have any specific uh, influence on the game, though.
2: Yeah, but it's like... It, it's, not really, it's not really kind of solving things uh, so much as it is. You switch on detective it's vision. It's not Ace Attorney.
0: Just... <laughs> that was one of the things that I enjoyed about playing the game, that I did, like... Yes, you're right, it is kind of a lot of the time switch on detective vision, and you like see if something flashes up or you can find something. But a lot of the time, it was running around to try and find those little areas, or like fitting in one little piece of the puzzle and then going back and doing another little thing. And then uh, Oracle's voice would pop up in your head and tell you to do this one thing. And I think even if the, the actual detective mechanic feels more like that, because the story kind of slowly unfolds, and because each thing that you do and each villain that you defeat unlocks a little bit more of the story and and reveals a little bit more of the Joker's plan. It did feel more of... It It did feel for me more of a detective... Batman as a I mean, detective thing than yeah, any of the movies I can remember did.
2: I, I I would definitely agree with that. I mean, it it, it is a game in which, in the story... Batman does detective work, definitely. Mm. And yeah, you're absolutely right. That, that And that's always been something I've had a problem with with the movies is actually with the exception of Adam West of all <laughs> people, none of the other screen versions of Batman really do any detective work. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's supposed to be a big part of Batman's character. The, his, his comic is detective comics. Um, you know, where in the Christopher Nolan films, his idea of detective work is to punch someone in the face until they tell him the answer. <laughs> um, you know, where so is he? <laughs>
1: So, uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it is a good
2: thing uh, about Arkham that it has Batman being a detective and solving puzzles. My issue is more that you, the player, do not get to solve those puzzles so much as you, yeah. you tell Batman to do the detective work at that point in time. So for me, uh, I'm
0: not... I'm not mostly because I'm bad at them. I've never been massively into <laughs> games. W- what has kind of attracted me back to gaming is this idea that there is a lot more storytelling in games now than there used to be. Um, and um, I, I, I played the Walking Dead video uh, video game on just on my phone and on my iPad, and really enjoyed that. And the fact that yes, it was a game, and I was making decisions, and occasionally running away from a zombie, but most of the time I was just experienced the story that I was being placed into. But yes, that's 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 one of the things I liked about this game. That I felt like I was experiencing a story but I was getting to run around and punch people in the middle of it.
1: <laughs> See I storytelling in games is very delicate and if you do it wrong like I feel like there are a lot of games where I spend all my time just going skip this cutscene skip this dialogue because it's just boring and poorly written Um, I think Arkham Asylum I didn't skip anything in this yeah Arkham Asylum balances it about right especially because I'm not sure how long it took you to play I remember the game being about sort of seven to nine hours long Mm. and Arkham City especially was a lot longer and I just found that increasingly tedious like I think one of the strengths of Arkham Asylum is that it's a very sort of tight story and it's it's not artificially extended beyond its capacity to entertain you.
0: So the, the, the story getting more into it is that once Batman has kind of gone around the asylum and is starting to, like, defeat minor villains, um, I think the first big moment is probably when he defeats Bane and it becomes clear that Bane has been pumped full of something more potent than his normal venom. Yeah. And that that is being, that the Joker is on Arkham because he has been using one of the Arkham doctors to produce this new stronger venom that he can pump into Arkham inmates and send them out almost as like an army into Gotham. That then leads to Poison Ivy because her plants have been used to produce those. And basically the the game is to kind of try and stop those plants, stop that venom being produced. And then at the very end, which I thought was a little bit silly, uh, the Joker pumps that venom into himself and there is a big kind of muscly Joker who you, do you know, fight briefly.
1: Do you know what I was hoping with the final fight in that game would be? Go on. I was hoping that you would just walk up to the Joker and punch him once in the face and that would be it. <laughs> because he spends that whole game taunting you and you go through all yes. these like crazy boss fights and I was like, the most satisfying ending for this is you get to him and just punch him and he goes down and that is the end. Just
0: to mention a couple more of the moments from the game that I actually really um, enjoyed. I... I- Particularly enjoyed any moment that I was allowed to hide on a gargoyle <laughs> and do these like silent takedowns on goons. And I could like hang down upside down off of one of the gargoyles and then grab one of the guys and pull them up and then hang them from the gargoyle yeah. and then fly off to another one and no one would know where I was. That. And it really felt to me like it was so memorable of like those scenes in the movies where there are like random goons
1: getting taken about and like, Where are you, Batman? I'm gonna get you!
0: And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it so, it's it's so, it's so satisfying.
1: Yeah, it's fun to do those scenes from Batman's perspective for a change. Yes,
0: yeah. Um, And similarly, when he gets injected with Scarecrow's venom, um, they're legitimately scary and... um Uh, Like, off-putting when you're kind of, like, the screen is distorting and, like, you briefly turn into the Joker at one moment or, like, um, you're flashing between what's happening in reality and what's happening in the the dream vision that the Scarecrow has put you under.
1: I'll tell you the thing I like most about those sequences is that they have a type of storytelling in which you can't do in any other medium. Mm. So, like, the bits where... I forget where it is exactly, but you sort of walk in some into a room, and then you turn back around and go out the way you came, but everything's changed, and like your sense of space is all A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend, but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. confused because instead of the corridor you're expecting there's a different one and like the yes, corridor you're walking yeah. down extends into infinity and you know then you're in crime alley and yeah like that, and you're and then yeah. you're
0: young bruce wayne yeah and then that, one that scene sort of disorientation
1: suddenly... is something you can't do in any other you know you can't do it in comics or films or cartoons because Mm. you need to be in the 3d space to get that that sense of confusion
0: and then and then the final the final moment i just i found really unsettling was this whole sequence where you're trying to collect the the venom from some of the plants to analyze it but you're also doing it down in killer croc's lair and he is (laughs) jumping up at you at various points um I thought the character looked absurd, but um, I was genuinely terrified any time he jumped up. (laughs) I was like, I was playing it like late at night, like one, two in the morning, and I just went went to the edge of the room and turned the light back on.
1: (laughs) It is, yeah, it's a tense game. Like, all the way through. Yeah. So, I want to ask
0: you guys what kind of parts of Batman history does the game feed off of? Because, for me, the the obvious touchdown, just from the people involved, seems to be the animated series in the early 90s because Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill and Arlene Sorkin are all providing the voices that they provided mm-hmm. on that show as Batman, Joker, and Harley Quinn. Um, and it's written by paul dinney is that right yeah
2: yeah so paul dinney was the, the co-creator of the the batman uh, animated series along with bruce tim mm. um bruce tim was kind of the you know responsible for kind of all the visuals and a, and a lot of plot and character stuff and and paul dinney was a, was a writer paul dinney also had a really good he's written kind of comics on and off over the years and had a really great run on detective comics Uh, I think around about 2006 to about 2008, um, what he did was he did a lot of really good um, one-shot issues. So, you know, kind of... Complete stories in a single issue, mm. and they were good little detective yarns. Um, so you know he's a he's a solid Batman writer. He really knows his Batman stuff. Um, so this and, so
0: this then has that kind of link back to the animated show. But I mean, yeah, visu- I, I visually think, it I, seems very very
2: different. <laughs> visually it's very different, but I, th- I think it you know I mean you can't avoid it with those voices. I think it, I think it does have a sense of i think one of the groups of people it's designed to appeal to are people who don't necessarily read batman comics but who will mm. know the animated series and, and know a lot of the characters from that um you know the, the fact that it puts harley quinn so front and center you know she i don't we must have discussed this before so you're probably aware that, that she's a character who originated yes, in the cartoon yeah, yeah. and was then brought into the comics um unfortunately in this she's she's brought in in such a way that um, <laughs> quite different yeah, from well, her previous portrayal we'll get to we'll, harley we'll get to that um so yeah, ov- obviously the cartoon's a big influence. But but you can see elements of lots of different takes and, and different eras of, of the comics in there as well. Mm. The sort of <clears throat> the visuals are very sort of modern DC. Um I think I read that that Jim Lee's version of Batman was was quite a big influence on on the look of Batman himself. You know, he's he's in the grey and black Um, and and he's very kind of muscular and and athletic, Mm. which is the sort of the the Jim Lee look. Although they've... they've, It's one of the things I don't like about these aesthetic is that they've put him in armour, and it's just... (laughs) Unless he's fighting Superman, Batman doesn't need to wear armour, you know? I I think... I think if you're, if you're putting Batman in, in a costume that's like, here's a, and I I would go so far as to say this about the Nolan films as well, if you're putting Batman in a costume that is, here is a realistic body armour that, that Batman would wear if he was in the real world, I think you've missed the point of Batman. <laughs> um, you know, you, you don't need to make Batman realistic, you need to make Batman, Batman and and so th- that for me is a bit of a failing um, I, I like the kind of the colour scheme of it and everything because yeah. for me kind of grey and black is, is what the Batman costume should look like but um, I think they go a bit overboard with, with that kind of everything's big and, and metallic and, and video gamey really you
0: know? So would you say it's kind of pulling from all areas of Batman then? The, the whole game introduces you to this Batman universe that exists and Oracle in, is in his ear and he's already locked up all of these villains but the 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 history of this universe of this game universe isn't specified, so it's just kind of like this is Batman, this is the status quo, this is what this is this is what's happening. So just play it and experience these characters. And
2: I think it kind of you know it it does bring in from from a lot of different places, but I, I also think there's there is a quite specific era in terms of kind of story and character that i think is is a big influence on it which um, is basically kind of 80s and 90s and this feeds into the fact that that you've got the animated show influence and the animated show was early 90s Mm -hmm. but you know with the exception of the kind of the big hitters you know your your joker your scarecrow your riddler the majority of the villains in it are villains who first appeared in the 80s and 90s um you know killer croc is 80s um but Bane, Zaz um, are are both kind of early '90s creation.
0: Well, and is it fair to say that the Joker really kind of was defined during that period? Like his his
2: iconic stories seem to me to come from that period. It's it's the period where they brought the Joker back to being. You know, sort of. Well, I mean, they'd, they'd kind of done it in the seventies, really. But it's it's the point at which they brought the Joker back to being just completely fl- straight up evil. You know, he, he'd had his own series in the seventies where he was ostensibly the hero, although you know he was he was an anti-hero. Um, it, In the eighties, they made him a character who you couldn't do that with. So yeah, I mean, you know that, and yeah, that that take on the Joker in things like the Killing Joke, and also obviously in the comic Arkham Asylum, the Grant Morrison and Dave McKean series, which not just because of the title is obviously a big influence on on the game as well Mm. um so yeah that that kind of just complete psychopath version of the joker is is very much the one that they've drawn from i think
0: and so if we take that on the flip side then so we're talking about the bits of batman history and comics and movies and shows that fed into the game
2: what impact has it
0: had since uh, as far as you're concerned
2: has it happened on the page as well i think you can you can definitely see the influence of the games in the comics like i say that you know uh, that that first issue of detective comics really seemed like a statement of intent yeah um there's one particular. again <laughs> we'll get on to her but harley quinn is probably the biggest change that the comics have made to fall in line with the games and um, but also as well there's sort of I don't even know how conscious it is, but um, if you look at the last, um, basically the main Batman title since um, September 2011, so you know we're getting on for four years now, has been consistently written by the same writer and drawn by the same artist, it's Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Um, and generally the, those, comics, those Batman comics have been very good, um, some of the other Batman comics have been very patchy in quality, but the main Batman title has been pretty solid. And you can definitely see an influence from the games and it's probably more when you get into Arkham City and Arkham Knight but a pretty recurring theme in Scott Snyder's Batman has been basically disintegration and chaos in Gotham City Um, you know a lot of his storylines have involved just kind of the very fabric of of society in Gotham falling apart for one reason or another um, and so, like I say, I mean, I think kind of Arkham City in particular um, feels like an influence like this idea that batman is is battling a kind of chaos that 's gone out of control mm. um, it 's not something that 's always been there in in batman stories i mean It, it has been at other points in the past like kind of the, the no man 's land storyline uh, in in the comics in the late90s early 2000s. Um, But in previous eras, there's been much more of a a strong sense of of Gotham having a strong identity and, you know, being a city that that has problems and crime, but, you know, is much more kind of a a standing firm kind of place. And I think, you know, the games have done this thing of, you know, gradually... By by making the environment that that you're allowed to play in bigger and bigger, they've had to make that environment be somewhere that's kind of falling apart. Um, And like I say, you know, kind of a a couple of, of Snyders, not Zach. Um, a couple of scott snyder's uh storylines have um i don't even know if it's conscious i don't even know if it's a deliberate influence but um it seems to be this yeah this thing of batman kind of fighting a tide really kind of seems hmm. to have become the default for the character over the last few years
1: i've got to say just quickly there's a there's a lot of jeff loeb influence on the uh, arkham games and i'm not sure how much that feeds through into the comics but i think if I was to pick one specific source for the Asylum games, I'd probably go with uh, Long Halloween and stuff because it's the it's the way they like both sequentially go through all of Batman's villains. Like that to me, mm. all the big you know all the big characters appear in Long Halloween one after the other, and it's structured in that in a very similar way to Arkham Asylum.
2: But then Nightfall's structured like that as well. And Nightfall <laughs> has got, like, Zaz and Bane and Killer Croc. You know, yeah. I mean, Nightfall literally has the same plot, like, except it's not the Joker doing it. But at the start of Nightfall, Bane breaks everyone out of Arkham Asylum, and Batman has to go and take them all down one by one, gradually being weakened, so that when Bane comes to face him, he's completely destroyed. Uh, you know, so... And actually... I mean, yeah, I I would agree that that the Jeff Lowe stuff is a big influence, but I mean, the other one that really feels like it for me is the um, that doesn't always get talked about very much, but I'm I'm quite a big fan of it. So maybe this is why it strikes me. But um, the the Alan Grant and Norm Brayfogle, um early 90s Detective Comics. I mean, they, they created Zaz and they created Scarface. Thought he went to um, Jurassic Park.
1: Sorry. <laughs>
2: yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, and it's, but I just think though those stories have a, a lot of those issues were set in and around Arkham and were very much about the kind of psychology of of the characters in Arkham Asylum. Um so yeah, I, I see those as a pretty strong influence as well. It, it's for similar reasons to the to what James said about the Jeff Loeb stuff. Be, stuff basically.
0: Okay, let's get to Harley Quinn because I think we kind of. I, I think, We've been she's
1: dancing such, around this
0: one. An, She's <laughs> such an interesting character to me. I remember reading um, an article. I think it was on Vulture, probably three or four months ago, just as we were getting underway with this podcast, talking about kind of her weird history and how she's been used well and very, very badly since her creation, um, and and. Now now this this seems like the real moment for that character with suicide squad coming up which which basically looks like a harley Quinn movie if um, if if i was to guess who's going to be the leader of that movie or who's going to be the breakout star certainly it's going to be it's going to be her yeah. now I remember watching the animated show when I was younger, um, and I mean, I, I have very vague memories of it. But obviously, I, I know that red and black harlequin costume, and my small knowledge of her relationship with the Joker is defined by that show. And so, obviously, this comes from the same writer. But the thing that I found really jarring was the was the costume. She is there really, really early on, and she she walks in in. I mean, the, the the most distracting thing is she walks in in this skirt which is constantly flying up because it's very short and because it's a game you, you're constantly seeing things from angles that you wouldn't see in movies or anything like that. <laughs> and she has like um the like uh, edge of her underwear is poking up from the side and her breasts are very like prominent and she's got these like little girl pigtail and it's a really it's a really uncomfortable character design but yet she still has the the voice from the original show i i wasn't quite sure what to make of her in this game um and i wonder what you guys thought of her, her depiction and and, and basically why the move was made in that direction from from the 90s TV show and because obviously I don't know any of the
2: context in between so
1: well, that's, let's talk Harley Quinn that's sort of the thing tell
2: you why the move was made in that direction is because it's a video game so it's aimed at teenage yeah, boys yeah exactly
1: that's basically <laughs> it isn't it answer. like It's made by people who basically pander to a very specific audience, and like it's it's the same of literally every computer game. Like you, you'd struggle to find a game that has a positive depiction of any woman, let alone you know a kind of superhero slash villain.
0: Yeah, because I have to say, I was very interested when Poison Ivy was going to turn up, and then she does, and she's basically wearing, like, leaf knickers, and yeah, there is, the, least... like, in the cutscenes where, when, like, you die, and if you die at the hand of Poison Ivy, there is, the, the, the normal shot that pops up of her is her with her bum to the camera, <laughs> with her boobs mm-hmm. popping out to one side, that classic kind of female superhero movie movie poster pose, um, except
2: it's all in motion, which makes it so much more uncomfortable. I mean, it it is still uncomfortable, but at least with Poison Ivy, like I mean, and for right or wrong, you know, Poison Ivy is a character whose sexuality is very much a part of the character, yeah. in it, and it and is very much a part of. You know, kind of how how she, you know, gets things done. Animated
0: nineties um, animated Batman cartoons caused some very confused <laughs> feelings and thoughts in the head of a young Joe Cunningham.
2: Yeah. He I was mean, like, I
0: would kiss her. I know what's going to happen, but I would kiss her. <laughs> it, it's
2: it, it's it's like the way it's like the way you would you would look at like a character like Emma Frost, and it's like you know the, the, those of us who have a problem with the kind of gross over of of a lot of female characters in comics. It doesn't mean that there aren't characters who can be drawn in these ridiculous mm. costumes, and you know
0: maybe it's weird in the game then that the sexuality for that character isn't a point. For poison ivy, I mean that, that really yeah. that never really comes into the game, and yet she is drawn in that, or she is designed in such a way.
1: Like, I don't want to get too deep into like feminist theory on a you know gaming podcast or whatever, but
0: we'll wade into a hashtag, <laughs> yeah, something, quite. We? Uh,
1: the, like the whole thing is very sort of put under the male gaze because like mm. Batman is like amped up to ridiculous testosterone levels, or the women are very. Close to naked if they can be. Like, there's, you know, there's not much diversity of body shape when it comes to what people should look like. The thing that troubles me with with doing that, particularly with the character of Harley, is if you put Harley
2: in a costume like that, then, you know, you're saying that Harley has chosen to dress like that and has essentially chosen to kind of flaunt her sexuality. And that's just not really... It's just not really her priority as a character. <laughs> and so what, what you know? was
0: her history on the page after after being the kind of the 90s animated show version? What was she in those kind of intervening 10, 15 years? I mean, she,
2: she kind of just got brought in pretty much wholesale as she was in the cartoon. But a notable exception, actually, I mean, I don't know if the cartoon had established this already. Um, I think in the cartoon, it did establish a kind of a, a connection with Poison Ivy, didn't it? But... Most of her best stuff in the comics, actually, rather than being with the Joker, was uh, with Ivy. There is an absolutely wonderful three-issue mini-series called Harley and Ivy mm. um, that's actually by um, Paul Dini and Bruce Tim. And uh, there's also a, a, a one-shot graphic novel called Mad Love, which is actually an Eisner Award winner, which is the comic that brought her in. Yes. If, if you yeah, want I to kind I'd of read about, of you know, that that version of the character that's the one to go for but harley and ivy i love because it's just this brilliant um it's it's a buddy movie basically and you've got it's it's harley and ivy kind of on the run having escaped from arkham although i think at the beginning they're they're in either prison or arkham and um it's a great character dynamic because ivy is the kind of angry annoyed you know sort of straight man character and harley is this kind of bouncing ball of enthusiasm and optimism and like you know while deep down you know ivy is harley's friend essentially throughout throughout this story she hates her and whereas you know harley is is insistent that they're friends you know <laughs> um and the, the the scene that sums it up more than anything is is a scene when they're in the shower in prison and Harley is singing. Grace Guys are gonna clear up. Put on a happy face <laughs> while washing Ivy's hair, and Ivy just has this incredibly sullen look <laughs> on her face. It's just like it, 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 it's it's a pure Simpsons. Well, drag, that's like just...
1: this is sort of the thing. Harley's in the comics and cartoon series. Like Harley is, you know, she's one step away from being a Looney Tunes character. Like exactly. that's that's yeah. the stuff they're playing with. And then I think Arkham Asylum. Well, Arkham Asylum like completely transformed her, and that then became almost the dominant well pretty much did become the dominant interpretation since
2: yeah because in the in the new 52 she is basically the version from (laughs) from the game.
1: but which
0: is the more i mean because for me that character with that backstory and even going back to some of the stuff that i remember from the animated cartoon with the with the relationship that those two had with each other is it difficult to balance that kind of character with the context of that character
1: it's not it's not difficult to say like you know the version of harley quinn that appears in arkham asylum is unrealistic or difficult to accept it's more that they change her so drastically for not particularly good reasons
0: do you think but do you think they just change her drastically from a character standpoint or just a visual standpoint because she still has that voice and uh, i i thought that the the visual was more jarring because it didn't seem consistent with the character that was talking and the way she was acting.
2: That's the thing, yeah. I, I, I think her, I mean, her character in the game, and I say that I think this comes down to the fact that at the end of the day, you know, she is being written by her co creator. Um, the character as written in the game, I think, does have that kind of playful mm. sense about her. It, it's the visuals that's the, that's the problem for me. It's not even so much how the how the character is, and I mean, I, and I don't know what she's like in in the later games. You know, I don't know if she gets darker because of what happens it, with the Joker. Well, the costume thing, like- changes, though, right?
1: The costume changes but it retains the sort of corset and uh like revealing clothes mm. element.
2: Yeah. Cuz actually yeah cuz kind of it, it it's the corset kind of from the second game that's basically what made its yeah, way yeah. into the new 52 version pretty well, much. Well she's
1: wearing a corset over a nurse's uh, uniform in the in Arkham Asylum uh, isn't she? Like, I I Honestly, I I don't remember, but I'm pretty sure that's it. Well, that's the problem. Like the the disparity between the look and how she acts. Like, especially because Harley, like Harley's character, is sort of she's infantile, and it's a very weird juxtaposition to have like infantile characteristics with that look
2: that's
0: why i think i really don't like the pigtails yeah
1: well exactly Mm.
2: yeah
0: because it gives it that yeah Yeah.
2: and like i say it's you know for me harley is a character it would not even occur to harley to dress sexy Mm. basically because yeah, that that 's not thoughts that would run through her head, you know, not that she you know doesn 't have like sexual or romantic relationships, and actually I presume this is something that the games don 't do, but it 's quite interesting that d c have recently sort of clarified the position that um, that harley Quinn actually had had a romantic relationship with Poison Ivy. Right. And so Harley is actually a canonically bisexual character.
0: But I remember the, the animated show, the, the Joker-Harley relationship never
2: seemed sexual. No, <laughs> it's not. She, she's obsessed with him. Yeah. I've, I've never liked versions of, of the Joker-Harley relationship that have it that they were actually a couple yeah. kind of thing. You Because
0: know? what I was going to say was it never it never occurred to me that like the Joker would be dressing her that way or telling her she should be dressing that way.
1: The Joker as a character shouldn't have any any sexual dimension
0: hmm. um
1: but Ark- and- Arkham City goes very deep on the idea of them being in a sexual relationship like I don't want to spoil or anything but
0: okay so uh this week rather than recommending a comic book um I thought it would be fun if you could recommend me another superhero video game that I could play
2: yeah there's no contest for me that the greatest superhero video game is Spider-Man 2 the movie game so not the not the spider-man 2 on the playstation 1 although that is a very good game spider-man 2 entered the two neversoft spider-man games on on the playstation 1 are terrific fun but i'm referring specifically to spider-man 2 the movie game which is on the xbox playstation 2 and gamecube it not on the pc because there is a game of the same name on the pc that's a completely different game that is one of the worst games ever made (laughs) but the proper spider-man 2 movie game The best way to sum it up is that it's Grand Theft Auto with Spider-Man. Like the GTA games, it has a plot and it has missions, but between missions you are free to swing around New York as Spider-Man, occasionally stopping muggings, or if you want to, just messing about, climbing walls and swinging around. Like, the number of times... I've never actually completed the game, but the amount of time I've spent climbing up the Empire State Building, jumping off, (laughs) and then seeing how close I can get to the ground before shooting a web and swinging and not going splat. It is just basically... I don't understand how how there haven't been, you know, in this kind of post GTA era when you have these open world sandbox games um, how have there not been more games that just let you be a superhero in a free form environment doing what you want and of all superheroes to have that opportunity Spider-Man is the best one because you can web sling around. The web slinging mechanic is really well done as well, in, like it's not difficult, it feels natural how you swing around.
0: James, what is your superhero video game recommendation?
1: Uh, mine is Ultimate Alliance which is despite the name, it's not necessarily an ultimate Marvel game. It's kind of... I don't know what the actual term for it in gaming would be, but essentially you control a group of four heroes and you can switch between them, you know, and have AI versions. But And you sort of run around these kind of... Iso- not even isometric like, what, sort of mid distance 3D? They're kind of basically sort of mazes uh, where you fight enemies. But what I like about them specifically is that there's a huge range of uh, characters and collectibles and unlockable costumes for everyone. The locations take you around sort of everywhere in the Marvel universe. Like it's a really good, it, it grew out of the X-Men Legends series, which were good but Ultimate Alliance encompasses, like, all Marvel heroes and stuff, and crucially, it's got almost all of them in the one game. Okay, so we'll move on now
0: to our final section, which is the pitch, but because this is just a bonus episode, this is going to be a very quick pitch. I just basically want to know, guys, what would be your ultimate superhero video game?
1: I would like to see an Incredible Hulk game that actually acknowledges you can turn into Bruce Banner.
0: (laughs) Um, Seb, what's your pitch for the ultimate superhero video game?
2: Uh, An Endless Runner with The Flash. (laughs) basically based on the tv show so with the voices of grant gustin and tom kavanagh
0: okay um amazing well i'll be honest i think a game called the flash endless running um is better than bruce banner the game (laughs) Uh, (laughs) as much as i like your reasoning so i'm going to give the mini pitch win to seb this week um and that is it for this bonus episode we are aiming to be back on saturday with our fantastic four episode it is released tomorrow but um Basically, because the press screenings are only happening tonight um, it makes it very difficult to have a podcast recorded, edited and ready ready for you um on. Uh, Thursday morning so we're going to aim to get it for you for Saturday uh, which is basically as soon as we can possibly do it but that is on its way later this week Um, if you are enjoying the show then please do subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM or your podcast app of choice and if you've already subscribed then leave us a rating or review Uh, we'll be reading some of those out on the Fantastic Four episode Uh, so if you get them in quickly um, you'll hear yourself on that Uh, You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter at cu underscore podcast, or send us an email to cinematicuniversepod at gmail.com. You can find previous episodes of the podcast at cinematicuniverse.libsyn.com, and because this is a Film Divider podcast, on filmdivider.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in a few days.
1: Goodbye! Goodbye. Bye.